Hello, and welcome to the Vitality Women Leading Audaciously podcast. I am Jennifer Helene, CEO of Purposeful Ventures, devoted to naturally innovative solutions for the realignment of humanity. We believe that stories connect us, dismantling the illusion of separation, causing healing. This interview will be 20 to 30 minutes long, and I look forward to sharing on Common Ground. Hello and welcome to Vitality, Women Leading Audaciously. Today we have perhaps one of our most audacious leaders, Stephanie Costello, as our guest. She is the Say It Lady, is that right? Yes. yes. And um, most importantly, she's a relationship mentor and uh, she's created Safety in Freedom. Did I say it right? Absolutely. Yes. Helping people find safety in the freedom they create. Yeah. So welcome to the show. I know I'm like, I have such sternness about me because uh, the work you do is so important um, Mm -hmm. that I bring with it like that, that sternness. Um, But you're also a mom, you're a wife (laughs) and you're an entrepreneur. So I'm really happy to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So what was it in your life that led you to become a relationship mentor and create safety and freedom? Hmm, Such a great question. Uh, My journey started when I was 13 years old, uh, when I nearly died from alcohol poisoning. Um, And the people that were around me should have been people that were to keep me safe. Um, and they didn't. And I had to learn at that very young age how to keep myself safe and learned that if I didn't do it for me, nobody else would. Um, so that led me on a, a very, I would say, maybe isolated journey, um, you know, as growing through teens and then moving into adulthood and having my own children and navigating my own personal journey. Um, I got to a place in my, um, you know, I had had two children And then I was realizing, wait a minute, I don't have the community around me that I need to have to help me raise these children um, and be the mom that I want to be, not how I was shown how to rate, how I was raised. And so um, I started helping people with their sexual health, helping couples and and women particularly um, with their sexual health and doing these in-home parties, you know, because every mom needs to have that side, that side income and as I'm helping these people, um, my education and my experience professionally, they were wanting my mental health and emotional health support. And they, I would teach them all the things they needed to know about the products and having the life they needed to have. And they were like, but we don't need more products. We need your help with learning how to integrate this stuff into our life. And so that's where safety in freedom came. They were, they were trying to find that safety in their life where they could feel free from all of the stigmas and you know, societal pressures. And so here we are. Yeah. Amazing. And you're working with primarily, you said not primarily, but also veterans and first responders. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So I started my career path as wanting to be a cop. My first degree is in criminal justice. And as much as I loved it, um, wanted, wanted to do it for a lot of my life, decided children was more of a priority. Didn't want to be a, a absentee mom. So I had my children went to go back to becoming a cop and um, got diagnosed with a condition that wouldn't, I wouldn't pass a medical. So moved on to get my master's degree instead. Um, And so working with 
veterans and first responders on their mental and emotional health is is very much where my my future is. You know, I brought them both together, my passions. Amazing. Well, in the name, safety and freedom, because those mm-hmm. are people that ensure our freedom that keep us safe. Yes. And I find that um, lately there's been a lot of talk in my world around um, sex trafficking. Mm. And there's, of course, that movie that came out this season, which is called She Said, which Mm. I saw with my daughter, who's a teenager, and her best friend, who's also a teenager, of course. And, you know, really trying to prepare these young women to go into the world. And um, one of the things that really stood out to me in this movie um, was was that these women all thought it was their fault. Mm. And they felt really ashamed. And I think it was really interesting that they said she the movie's called She Said. Because, you know, it's about like speaking up and about speaking your truth. And I think that so many of us women uh, and maybe men too, but especially women struggle with that because we're called crazy or we're, we're like, you know, um, angry, emotional. Um, and so I'm just wondering if you had any, any insight into, into that, you know, as you're raising your children. And you're seeing kind of what's happening in the world. Um, if you had anything, you, you, you any thoughts on that? Absolutely, yes. There's there's a significant amount of societal pressures, um, social identities that we are that are attached to us. Even even today, you know, we're talking about I'm a mom and I'm an entrepreneur and I'm all these things. Those are titles that I carry. Those are jobs that I have, but those aren't who I am as a person, right? I'm I'm Stephanie. I'm intelligent. I'm determined. I've got a lot of tenacity. A lot of, is what I hear often. I'm disciplined, right? I'm a, I'm also been called I'm a beast because I'm this avid mount climber that like hiker and you know all this other stuff. I do these what's considered crazy to some people, thirty nine miles in one day in nineteen and a half hours, right? Yeah, so I do a lot of like crazy outdoor stuff and so I have these tight even people like being called a beast that's like oh that it's like it hits you a little bit differently than how you someone would think someone would think that's a compliment well when when everyone in your community thinks you're a beast and that they can't hike with you you're left with not hiking with anyone because everyone thinks you they could never live up to what you have right another title super mom that's a title that I don't want to have to live up to right so we have a lot of these pressures um <clears throat> and then to, to discuss you know the the uh the unfortunate crimes that happen to women often men too um and, and people of all various um identities it, it it is this sense of well if I had dressed it, we're told if we had dressed differently it wouldn't have happened or if we weren't as provocative it wouldn't have happened and we're kind of blamed as if something that we had done had given somebody else permission to make the choice that they had did they decided to make against our own freedoms right um, and so that's that's unfortunately a very it's called gaslighting. It's an unfortunate message that we receive oftentimes, um, and from our societal stories and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I too have always been called Wonder Woman, and uh, I used to think it was a compliment. I don't. The last few years, mm. I'm like, I actually don't think that at all is a positive thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really uh, agree with you the more we can relate to ourselves as well as those innate aspects. Like you mentioned, I'm tenacious, I'm, I'm, you know, but those things that are like really to the core 
that mm-hmm. don't relate to our fears or our self-defense or any of those predictable ways of being like those core essence of like love and light, you know, and our brilliance, like, you know, the more we can relate to ourselves that way, I think the more uh, we'd be able to show up in safe communication because it doesn't feel safe all the time to speak the truth. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel safe to say no and set boundaries, right. especially when someone's crossing them. And I think that life is architected in a way that helps us to build um, perseverance and, and courage and resilience. I don't know anybody in the world, rich, poor, cultural, religious background, everybody is is constantly having to deal with this theme in mm. relationships, as a parent, uh, as a partner, whomever, at work, someone's always crossing our boundary. And, and we always have opportunities literally every day to set boundaries. And I find it to be extremely challenging sometimes to do it um, in a way that's graceful, that feels safe, even though I know I'll have a lot more freedom on the other side of it. I find Mm -hmm. it really challenging. And I know this is a big part of what you focus on. Yes, yes, it is. And um, two pieces there go back. I wanted to go back to, you know, tenacity and bravery and discipline and all those other things that I that describe who I am. No one can take those from me. Those will always be mine um, because that makes up who I am. Right. Where mom, it would be so tragic, but that title could be ripped away from me in seconds. And that would be, again, an incredibly tragic thing to have ever happened. So to live my life only as a mom and to be described as super mom, right, that that makes me not Stephanie. That makes me just mom. Um, And then to go on to the second piece of um, boundaries and communication. There's givers and there's takers in our world, right? And oftentimes givers those are primarily the the people that I speak to most. Um, the people pleasers, the one, yeah, the ones who are always giving, 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 and then wondering when you're asking for something, where's where's everybody, right? Um, we we have to set boundaries with our giving, and if we don't, again, if I don't do it for me, nobody else will. If we don't set the boundaries, why would anyone else want to set boundaries? Of course not. You're giving to them. They're gonna they're gonna take whatever you're willing to give. You're willing to give it, um, and so that can that can be received in a couple of different ways. So hopefully, it's received with the most uh, utmost respect and love um, to anyone listening. Um, and it, sometimes it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes it's a hard thing to really accept and love is that um it's okay to give but you do have to set your own boundaries and if somebody is receiving you in a way that is not um genuine to who you are that's not a you problem that's a they problem that's something that they're struggling with that they're projecting onto you and to really start to figure out the difference between something you've done versus somebody projecting something onto you is is quite a journey and you need the right helper to help you navigate that journey. It it really is because it can be so confusing and especially when your boundary inconveniences somebody else, right? Which frequently it does. Inconveniences them. Yeah, because, you know, you don't want to be spoken to that way or they were unconsciously responding and, you know, ended up being a huge criticism or, mm. you know, whatever. It, you know, it's, it's, it can be really challenging, uh, I find, at least, you know, mm. and, and I think being raised as a woman, you know, you know, now I'm in you know, almost 50, um, but like this generation, like we're still very much, um, you know, still very much, 
people pleasing is still very much what we're supposed to be supposed right. to make makes life easier, but actually in the end it doesn't mm-hmm. <laughs> because nobody wins in that equation. Yes. And like, I know, I noticed my daughter is really good at setting boundaries. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know who taught her that because I don't think it was me. I think because I'm so bad at it, she's become very good at it. I don't know. Um, it's possible. She's 17 now, but, um, You've given her the safe place. Really what happened is you gave her the safe place to be authentic to who she is. And us people pleasers, we didn't learn that we were allowed to take space. And so now we teach our children, right? My (laughs) eight-year-old recently, she wanted me to do some puzzle with her. And so we're sitting there on the floor and I'm doing some band stretches and, and she, I'm like looking at the puzzle, but I'm not physically involved with her the way she wanted me to she's like mommy I really don't feel connected right now (laughs) and so I thought it was the sweetest thing too but I like kind of chuckled at that because it's like heaven forbid if I ever said anything like that as a child like that would not have been received in the same way that she right they would have personally yeah (laughs) (laughs) thank you for that though you're right you're right. I do give her the space and I do honor mm-hmm. her opinion. I respect, you know, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I just, you know, for everyone who's listening, you know, I just want to um, pause here for a moment. Cause I know there are some of you out there who are first responders mm-hmm. who are listening. I know you personally, <laughs> and I know some of you are veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that all of, all of you uh, struggle to say no and struggle to give yourselves permission to set boundaries in a way that is is harmonious. And I think that's kind of an illusion. Just how, and I'd love for you to comment on this, Stephanie, mm-hmm. because I think I want everyone just, and that's why I just wanted to pause and just say, you know, give yourself permission to think about areas in your life that could use some, some boundaries. And that doesn't mean like you get to use a boundary as a weapon. And that, that doesn't mean that we get to use a boundary as, um, as in any way, passive aggressive, mm-hmm. um, or as payback, you know, like, so, so again, like a boundary that you need because you're like leaking out power. I say it's kind of a coach mm-hmm. jargon word. Um, but like somewhere that is draining you, um, it could be something from bedtime, you know, to, uh, carving out time for your workout. Or, uh, you know, a, a relationship that's dysfunctional. And I, Stephanie, I'd love for you to to give us perhaps some of your tips on how to set boundaries with grace. Yes, for sure. Particular to the first responder in the veteran world, um, they're taught that they're not allowed to say no. If you are being forced um, to stay on, you're not allowed to leave. You You have no choice but to stay and work. Um, veterans, right? They get called to duty. They get called to duty. You don't typically get a chance to say no. Um, and so that's that's a pattern that gets brought with them throughout their life in their in their personal lives. Um, the other piece to that is there's a the their safety is number one. It's the most important piece. If um, having been not having ever worked in the industry, but having been trained. To, to do the job. Um, I was in a program as a kid for like six years. So I was trained on how to be a cop. Um, you, when you, when you're told, you know, you don't have the opportunity to say no to, to try to integrate that into try to set boundaries is, is not within your body. Right. And so you're, 
like the reason why they're taught again state back to safety the reason why they're taught that no is not an option is because you don't have a choice when you're going in after your buddies to keep them safe right so your body is trained to move forward when your when your body is really saying no danger run away right there they break that natural response to move forward and so their safety has a lot of power in their personal relationships and how their training has a lot of power in their personal relationships because that's what keeps them safe when they've got their vest on and they're working with wow. that said yeah so with that said it's really hard to say no police officer veteran firefighter whatever your safety isn't important i need a hug right now like relationship partner the the, the their body is trained safety is number one priority at all costs, which means that a partner might need just a hug, but to dismantle that power is really, really difficult. And so how do you how do you even lightly begin that journey in a safe way? What you're referencing is like bedtime and all those other things. Those are unstructured times. Those are times where you don't necessarily have anything you need to be doing. So your body is like needs to download what happened that day your body needs to come offline your nervous system needs to take a break and that's the piece that isn't trained which is unfortunate because it causes a lot of mental health issues it causes a lot of medical issues there's a reason why heart attacks are number one cause of death um, for firefighters and police officers um, and so the practice of downloading means feeling all the things that your nervous system shut off that day so you went to a domestic violence call you had to you you know try to save a baby and it didn't you weren't able to do that whatever happened in your calls that day as a first responder veteran whatever um your body we're taught there they they don't download those things and that stuff pile that stress piles up and piles up and piles up so there's a need for the right help and the right support but there's also a need for practicing how to download how to how to go offline mentally and emotionally so that you can heal through the consistent traumas that you're experiencing every single day at work. Yeah. And doctors are doing this and 100%. sometimes mothers are doing this and nurses. Yeah. We actually all need this time. And I can say folks that this is number one for vitality. You, know, mm -hmm. you want to know what vitality is made up of. Yes. It's nourishing foods and exercise and, you know, fresh air and sunshine, but, but it's, it's about this. I find that the people, especially the high performing doctors and CEOs that I coach when they don't have this time that you're talking about to integrate mm -hmm. and recover and, and, and calibrate their nervous system, mm -hmm. they're, you know, sabotaging their health like crazy because they, they are trying to figure out how to calibrate and, you know, get calm again. And we actually all need this. And of course, first responders, like I described, I didn't even, I didn't, of course, that makes so much sense that these mm. pathways are disabled mm. and, um, you know, setting the, setting the time out, carving it out is, is critical. And it can be challenging when you're juggling family work, mm. um, you know, and your recovery. Absolutely. It takes a dedication. Um, like people ask me all the time, how do you spend whatever 40 hours a week doing with the work that you do. And I say, I spend 40 hours a week on, on winding 
for um, downloading, you know, the stuff that I'm doing, holding space for people is, is something that is an honor. I'm so grateful I get to do that, but I also have a very consistent practice, personal practice, so I can live my authentic life as well. Um, and making sure that I'm, because if I don't, then I'm not showing up as the mom that I want to be. I'm not showing up authentically for the first responders and the veterans that I'm working with, right? So I really need to make sure I have, I can be the best version of me so that I can show up and be the best version that they need me to be. Yeah, beautiful. And so uh, just did the, 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 the book, Your Body Keeps the Score, did that influence mm-hmm. you and your work at all? Um, I, I've, I'll be honest, I'd never actually read that particular book. Um, I was a little bit further in my healing journey when that book came to fruition. So um, it was just like, aha, somebody finally put words to it once I heard what the book was about, right? Um, but I, I really the most transformational um, information for me was the polyvagal theory. Um, oh, which, yeah. Yeah, that was really transformational, right? The nervous system and the brainstem the brainstem is like what this big in the back of your head, that is what impacts so much of what we are trying to figure out how to control. And we're trying to figure out how to deal with it. But if we can just sit with our autonomic nervous system and give it some love and attention and just let it do what it's designed to do, we get then have so much more space to just live out whatever life that we're desiring to live out. Yeah. My yoga teacher over the last 20 plus years has been teaching me about the nervous system and the tonification of it. And he's not book read. So he doesn't Mm -hmm. understand that like the brain stem and like all these things, but he does understand how to recover um, Mm -hmm. and and the nervous system, how to recover the nervous system. And then through my nutritional studies, I've also learned about nutritional and dietary um, practices to help Mm -hmm. to, you know, keep the brain regulated, but also to work and nourish the nerve fiber. Yes. So there's not a lot of information out there that I've found that's like peer reviewed research, but I know that it works. Um, mm. I, I've seen it work thousands uh-huh. of times. But what I thought was so interesting about that book was that after you read all the studies and his whole journey, at the end, it was about yoga. <laughs> I was I was totally blindsided by that because the somatic, and you referenced it several times. It's like being able to listen to the wisdom of the body mm-hmm. to reestablish those pathways of wisdom and connection and truth is really the, is, is, is the way. Yes. And to get there, right. is the journey of course <laughs> yeah. that we're it's all It's so on. simple, but it's so difficult. <laughs> it's complex and layered yeah. for sure. <laughs> so what are your practices? Like what you said that, you know, you take the time, the discipline to like, you know, really create those spaces. What, what are they look like? If you don't mind sharing it with us. Yeah, sure. Um, so basic. I want to start with basic because it's taken me, gosh, two, like four years to really get to where I am in my own, um, healing practice, so to speak, my daily, the, you know, the oversaturated term self-care, um, it starts very simple. And this is, I want to go back to a question you would ask for first responders, like in nighttime, right? It starts so simple with just shutting the phone off, just putting the phone down, stop the scrolling, stop the 10 second video, like scrolling, just put it away and just sit with your breath. Like you out of anything in your life, your breath is what you'll always have. It'll, that's the one thing that's going to keep you alive is your breath. 
And so <clears throat> as you're practicing your breathing and you're trying to figure out, okay, well, what does that mean? And it's like, okay, well, what does it feel like when your breathing is in a place of calm, right? Okay, well, what does calm feel like in your body? Don't go straight to thought. Don't go straight to story or to connection with others. Just what does calm feel like in your body? And people will look at you sideways. Like, what, what do you, like, you're speaking another language to me. And it's like, that's not how it should be. Um, and so for me, calm is like this kind of floaty feeling that I get um, when I'm breathing and I feel my air. I literally picture I'm somebody who needs to see it. Like if somebody just said, well, go breathe. I'd be like, but why? I'm, I'm the why baby. <laughs> and so I need to, I literally picture my lungs expanding and air flowing through my lungs. And um, I'm weird like that, right? So if that doesn't work for you, then find your own imagery around your breathing and how does calm feel like to you like to me it feels really cool that I can really I can expand my lungs if I feel like it I can expand my rib cage right I can I can hunker down into my seat and really feel myself grounded and then I can lift back up out of that and feel that calmness and feel the lungs and my breathing um so that's number one is my breathing and then um I suffer from a lot of intrusive thoughts. Um, and so I'm constantly like, nope, that thought, nope, I don't agree to that. That's not an agreement I have, right? And I watch it float away on a cloud and I figure out what thought I want to replace it with. And so I've done the discovery process. I've learned what what is my challenges and what do I need to overcome? So I listen to a lot of videos. Um, a lot of rampages of just positive, like flowing kind of um, language. And then my third biggest practice is my hiking journey, being connected uh -huh. to nature yes. and just being one with nature and time not being a thing. And I'm not a mom and I'm not a student and I'm not a helper and I'm not anything, but surviving with what I've got and me and mother nature and whatever nature decides to throw at me for the day. Amazing. Wow. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, you're so like aligned with the things that are, um, you know, keep me alive, so to say. Mm. But, um, th those of you who listen to this podcast on the reg, you know, know that I talk all, all the time about the breath, just like you did. It's like, it's free. It comes with you everywhere you go. <laughs> it's like your most, your best tool. There's like nothing really tops it in terms of efficaciousness. Right. <laughs> um, so, so good. And one of the reasons I love living where I love is because of the mountains just in my mm -hmm. backyard and I can just mm -hmm. go and hike for as long as I can. Yes. Just to feel I my mean, smallness. I'm sorry, say that again. Just to feel my smallness, you know? Yes. So like, exactly. yeah, like I, I feel like we, I get so, I monumentalize so much. And I just love how you said I suffer from, I'm like, I'm like laughing inside of myself because like, I think we're, we're all suffering from <laughs> intrusive thoughts that are not serving us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and so when, when you figure out what you are challenged with and maybe you, you have your own particular storyline and I have my own particular storyline. Um, but you're right. The, the smallness to being, I'm in New Hampshire. So the white mountains, um, I have such free access to so many miles and miles and miles of nature that I hike year round and I'm actually going backpacking um, in the middle of the winter next weekend, sleeping in an unheated cabin because it just is, you know, that opportunity to just be one with whatever is there. Yeah, amazing. I love that. And I think you said something else that's really important. You know where 
you know, you're not where, but you know what your work is. Mm. So I think that um, a lot of us are just kind of, um, we're getting a lot of information from our scrolling yeah. and we're not really aware of like where our, our work is, like what's mm-hmm. that edge, not as a place of like making yourself wrong, but just knowing where your work is and, and mm-hmm. it's changing. Um, and it, some of it will stay the same as it does for me at least. And some of it changes. And um, I think that's why having a partner like you is so valuable because you can really help people to find out, you know, where those tender spots are that are getting stronger and wiser. Mm. Would you say that's one of, I, I get the sense it's one of your like genius areas is that you help people find that. The thing. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, but basically the way I describe it is you can Google like, I don't know, your BMW's operating system, right? Or whatever car you have, you can Google the operating system, how to fix it. You're going to get an instruction manual of exactly what to do and whatever it might be. You can't Google your own emotional operating system. You have to discover what that is. And every single human has a very different operating system than anyone else. And because between ages two is two and six, your patterns, your subconscious mindset, your um, autonomic nervous system, those responses are pretty much trained in you between ages two and six. And so it's not like we have the thing, the cool part about it is we don't have to go back and relive any of the things you experienced in those years. And by no means are we um, shaming or blaming any of your family. We're just taking a look at reality. Reality is Your genetics are giving you some story. Your story is being relived by your parents and by you and by your family, whatever that might be. And now you're struggling with trying to create your own story with whomever you have in your life. So we just got to figure out what's your story? Where are you in time and space? And and what is that story that you're carrying with you every day that you may not realize you're carrying with you? And so we, we start to discover your emotional patterns, your behavioral patterns, your communication patterns, but in a very light way, your attachment styles, just so you can start connecting authentically in relationships in the way that you desire to connect rather than the ways that you're expecting yourself to connect because of stories you've been told by society. That's so powerful what you just described. I almost want you to repeat it because <laughs> it was, as you said a lot, um, but I think it's really important because we, we've talked a lot about story. Mm-hmm. Like by the time this airs, there'll be you know, close to a hundred episodes, you know, and, and story has come up so many times throughout this podcast. And it's been primarily, yes, as a catalyst for uh, finding your purpose mm-hmm. um, as a means to uh, market yourself and become distinct in the business world. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, the way you're talking about it is extremely meaningful because it's the work that's necessary to do to heal what I would consider. And, you know, please forgive me if it's too kind of woo woo, but generational wounding, it's like our children are inheriting this Mm -hmm. and it's our job to do the work so that they don't have to carry the burden that we did and our ancestors did. And I I do believe that it's required that we look at our story as a part of our responsibility in being a parent. Absolutely. It's why my daughter can say, mommy, I don't feel connected right now. (laughs) Right. Because I've done a lot of the work. Now I'm not tooting my horn by any means. I have made mistakes. I'm a young mom. I wanted to be a young mom. 
and didn't know I had PTSD until after I had my second kiddo. So I made some pretty significant mistakes that I don't necessarily regret, but I know I have to make up for. And I know I will with the love and the authentic connection that we are growing as I develop in my life and she's developing with me on that journey. And although I wish I could have been perfect mom, right? But that's the thing is there's no such thing. Your children develop with you. Whoever you have in your life develop with you as you develop and you're developing with them as they develop. And that's just the way life works out. And so just loving yourself for who you are with all of your glory and all of your weaknesses. We love weaknesses and strengths just as equally as one and the other, right? We do not shame our weaknesses. We do not blame them. We do not regret them. We don't, we, we just accept them for what they are and where we can't make that, you know, where we can't achieve what we're looking to achieve because of whatever inability, it's okay to say, I just can't do that. I just am not going to be able to do that. And this actually full circle here, back to being able to say, no, no, thank you. Not right now. That doesn't work for me. I would like this. Does this work for you? Right. Being able to have those strong communication conversations. Yeah. And so having that sense of self as well, that's uh, that's strong enough to also hear the word no. Mm. Um, I find that really challenging when I have the courage to set a boundary or make a request. And then the other person is like, denies me. Mm. and then I like I turn into like a two-year-old <laughs> inside I'm like what do you do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which we all still do but we're all just overgrown babies right we're all overgrown children oh um, there it is it's uncomfortable when someone says no especially when it's somebody that we're we wish would say yes to us but we're they're so they're not maybe they're not able to love us as authentically as we would like them to um, in the ways that we would like them to. And so it's okay to ask again. Okay, sure. If it doesn't work for you, can we discover a different way? Right. But we have to make sure we don't lose our sense of self in the process. Yeah. And I think so many of us listening have, I know I have, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, it just seemed like the right thing to do at the time, but, you know, I was married at 24. I too wanted to be a young mother and, um, we didn't have kids until I was in my thirties, but it, you know, I just think the older I get, the better I know myself and yes. the more I'm able to love myself. And I know mm -hmm. that there's this, it's a kind of a cliche, like you need to love yourself, but mm -hmm. uh, it is, it is, it is so important to mm -hmm. understand the parts of ourselves, learn to love them, learn what we want to keep and let go of, which is, I mean, I'm thinking a lot about coming into 2023. What do I mm -hmm. want to release? What do I want to renew? What do I want to welcome? Mm -hmm. And then making space for, you know, each of those things, yes. you know, it's really big for me right now. And um, I want to encourage everyone to be thinking about that because we are really in a position of choice a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. Nurture and culture is coming and we deserve to have part of it. We deserve to feel it and be a part of it and experience it and not be isolated. No, it's not how nature, it's not the nature of nature. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh my gosh, Stephanie, there's so much more I want to talk to you about. <laughs> I get that very often. <laughs> yeah, like especially inside of the uh, concept of nature is nature and then justice and yes. um, there's so much more. But um, you've imparted so much wisdom today. Mm. 
And um, how can people have you become their relationship mentor, whether it's their relationship with themselves or their mm-hmm. romantic relationship or their work relationship? What's the best way for them to find you? Yeah, so safety in, I-N, safetyinfreedom.com. Um, click away, you know, you'll have all the free opportunities there. Just to remember, it's a conversation. Um, I'm not going to kiss you, Mary, and have your babies on the first date. Um, I just want to be able to talk with you and see if, how I can help. And if that means offering you some resources, great. If that means getting you connected to the right helper, great. My goal is just to make sure that everyone is able to receive the support that they deserve in their life. Yeah. And you deserve that support folks Mm -hmm. Um, because without it, it's can be challenging in a longer, more arduous road to get to where you, where your freedom lies. Right. And, and that's why I do believe we're meant to do it together, not in isolation. Mm-hmm. And clearly that work that you described that you do and that I do around the vigilance, around what we're feeding our minds, mm-hmm. um, what we're filling our heads with, you know, whether it be music or podcasts or books, you know, um, but that we're, you know, we're in that dialogue, the work happens here, but to know exactly where the work needs to happen really can accelerate your journey. So I oh, hope that everyone listening will reach out to her. We may not be ha- able to handle everyone, but those of you who are yeah. inspired by this, you know, reach out yeah. to her yeah. and um, and really take that step because it's a courageous one to look at yourself honestly, but it's a lot easier when you have a partner um, who has a level of professionalism, expertise, passion, mm. and purpose like Stephanie does. Thank you. Last thought, you are a gift to this world. There's not a single gift like you uh, and that can replicate who you are. And so- remember that. Yeah. Thank you, Stephanie. Safety and freedom. Be well. Thank you for listening to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be of value to your community, please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcast.jennifer-helene.com backslash podcast-guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene, and thanks for spending your precious time with me.